Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the PD Sports Podcast. It has been one massive week once again and the focus is on the Premier League. With me today, I've got Damien. Damien, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi guys, it's Damo. We're here for another week of the PD Sports Podcast and it has been a pretty massive week in sport this week. And we have another guest as well, Paul, and a regular, you could nearly say. Your Monday regular. Yep, turning into a regular, we've got Dom with us again. Dom, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, hello, again? hello, everyone. Once again, happy to be here. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us once again, Dom, because I feel like the last few weeks have just involved Chelsea so much to the point where we've actually allowed you to get used to being on the podcast as the third instalment of the PD Sports Podcast. So before we get stuck in, uh, just a reminder for everyone, we are on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify in particular, but also we are everywhere where you get your podcasts. So make sure you throw us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we are going. Boys, where do we start? Because I feel like once we stop recording, everything's taken a twist and turn from last week once again. So, Dame, where are we going? Do we start with the FA Cup? I don't know. Just to get that big one out there. I don't know if we go like chronological order, like the order we watch it in, which is obviously the midweek games after the podcast, then the FA Cup final, and then the craziness that was Liverpool West Brom this morning. Or do we just talk about the FA Cup first, and then we get into West, uh, then we get into the all the EPL games. I think that's probably the way we should go. I think let's focus on the FA yeah. Cup first because what's happened top four-wise this week in the Premier League is kind of like unseen. So yeah, I, I reckon we'd scroll all the way down in our notes. Uh, if someone could scroll down in their notes, my computer's decided to freeze. Um, but yeah, get us underway, yeah, Paul. Mine, yeah, go. Because I've wrote a heap. I watched this game. Um, and Yeah, so I've seen bits and pieces from the game. Uh, and it was one where... I want to talk more from the sort of generalistic point. Yep. Uh, I feel sorry for Dom, but it's almost one of those stories oh, again yeah. with Leicester where they probably needed this more than anything because at least if they do manage to fall out of the top four for whatever reason, miss out on Champions League, the sting won't be as bad. Obviously, they've been in the final now four times. I think, was that the fourth final or was it the fifth final? They were the lost four. Well, they've lost three finals. I, believe, I think it's their four. I think it's um four. They've lost three up until this point, and they've won. Their yeah. Fourth. So, just from a neutral perspective, I do like seeing new sides win trophies. So, I'm kind of happy um, the way they've done it as well. I mean, the Tielemans goal was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can't you can't be mad at conceding a goal like that in a cup final. Obviously, it's one moment in the grand scheme of things across the whole game, but. I've just got a soft spot for Leicester anyway, and I actually really like Yuri Tielemans, and I've liked him for a very long time. Been on him, so been on him for a for few me, years. It's just Anderlecht days. Yeah. Oh, mate, football yeah, manager yeah. won the kid. Probably the best ever won the kid. And also, he's, he used to have a sick ultimate team card every and, year, team uh, of the season. At career Ender mode, so. about FIFA 15, 16. Yeah, he was a jet. Uh, fo- he always used to develop. Football manager, get him as a 17-year-old. By the age he's 19, he's winning Ballon d'Ors. He was unreal on FM 18 and FM 19. Oh. Yeah, so for me, just overall, and for Brendan, yeah. like it's just it's something so that nice he's needed, him. I think. Yeah, and I really felt for him at the end of his Liverpool tenure. So that's sort of where I'm sitting at the moment with the game. I haven't, I didn't have time this weekend to really break it down with everything else that was happening. So I'll, I'll hand it over to you boys because I'm sure you've got a bit more insight on the game. But 
just on a journalistic point, I'm pretty happy with Leicester taking the cake there. Uh, well, Dom, you're a Chelsea fan. You watch this game live, yeah, um, I would imagine. Yeah, look, if I had to pick, so did if I. had to pick one club to lose it to, it had to be it have to be Leicester. And just seeing the scenes after the game with the owner. How good was it with fans back that season? It, it made a difference. I know it wasn't full, but it actually made a massive difference watching it. Like you could hear from the atmosphere. It was good. It didn't sound like forced by like you know we got up to sport and they played the fake fan stuff. Oh, that was the worst. It, it, it just it just sounded like football and it was good. But James, did you want to kick us uh, off? Well, I'll kick, I'll kick it off. Um, I thought Leicester were the better side over the final, especially second half. I thought Leicester were better. Um, tactically, uh, Tuchel played his uh, normal five-two-two-one system, um, and Rodgers played a three-four-one-two kind of to combat the uh, midfield of you know Tuchel. Because in the two, he has two that sit, and then they have um, uh, Pulisic, and I think they started Ziyech on the right-hand side. If don't remind me if I'm wrong, Dom. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like they, they they sit generally pretty deep, and then look to break from deep. Um, and I made a note of it on the podcast when they played Real Madrid, especially first leg. You, you, you usually see like Mason Mount, etc., run beyond the Werner from the middle of the park beyond because Rogers set up with four, a bank of four, a proper bank of four. It wasn't like fullbacks going or whatever. It looked like a four with one in front with two strikers, the one sitting in the space. It meant every time Chelsea's midfield looked to play the ball and looked to go forward, there was always someone tracking that run. They never Chelsea never really, ever really found a moment where they had someone get beyond Werner into space. Um, if you remember Real Madrid, I think Pulisic did that, got beyond Werner, got the ball, yeah. cut inside first, they scored the first one, right? Where here against Leicester, it didn't look like it. Like All the big chances that Leicester, um, that Leicester had to deal with was more um, Chelsea winning it, Leicester being in good shape, and then a ball coming into the box. Like The, shoot, the two saves Michael makes. By the way, Casper had a game of his life here. Um, the header in the conditions against Mason Mount, great, great header, great save. Uh, nothing taken away from the key. But yet again, it wasn't typical Chelsea. It was a ball swung in. Um, and then the guy, and then the one that he saves against um, might have been... Mount. Was it Mason Mount? Mason Mount. Again? Yeah. Oh, no, it was a chill header on Mason Mount volley, wasn't yeah, it? Volley. Um, yeah, volley. Uh, yeah. Yet again, it's a ball that swung in and fall to Mount and Casper's pulled off another worldie of a save. But if those are Chelsea's best moments, then you have done a very good job at nullifying the break that is Chelsea Football Club and they hit you on the break. Um, and look, when a wonder get, when a wonder goal goes in like that, you're meant to win a cup final. I liken it to 06, 93rd minute, Steven Gerrard hits it from 35 metres because he's cramping in his right leg, so he just froze his boot at it. Same with Yuri Tielemans, didn't have much on, said, I'm just going to put this top bins if I can, and he did. You're happy to lose a cup final like that. Um, we will mention the offside goal uh, that was disallowed, which spared um, Wes Morgan, um, the own goal. Um, very tight. It's now come accustomed with VAR that if even if you're... You know, a B. You know, a B's width offside. Uh, you're offside. Uh, I personally preferred back in the day where it was just human error and you had the talking point. But under the new days with VAR, you can't it's complain. It's gone stupid now. The whole, oh, the, the whole thing was huge. Like the, the VAR came in to what was the saying they used? Um, it was to eradicate yeah, like the no, big that was error. Like, I can actually quote that. Um, you wonder what yeah, you want to know what I would like. It's not to micromanage yeah. the tiny things. It's about just clear and obvious. Clear and obvious error. That's really. Clear and it was obvious. like, and you know, yeah. you know what I'm going to liken it to. I'm going to liken it to two things. The one in the West Brom game, Liverpool game this morning, um, VAR should have been there to overrule that as a goal for West Brom, right? And said so the lines of the flag went up, and because VAR 
um, can't interact because the linesman's already made a decision about the first phase of play. Uh, just does, you know, the goal yeah. stood. The goal didn't was disallowed for West Brom this morning. Um, the second thing I like to it's like cricket. Hawkeye was brought in for the clear and obvious. You know, the batsman snick that not given out. All right, we've got we got uh, you know a review system. He's hit it. You've got hotspot or LBW crashing in the middle. That's what it's there for. Now in cricket, everyone's referring everything. Umpires call this that whatever. It's the same thing with VAR. We're finding more offsides being overturned from one, you know one millimeter, two millimeters. Then it's there for okay, the linesman's missed one. He's offside by three three foot. You know, and I, I think that's where VAR should be. It should be. Cricket do it. It should be an area cricket, of human element, and it should it be better. a stage where the referees kind of like go, "All right, that was close." Yeah, sorry, Damon. Cricket do it a lot better than football. I think cricket do bit too, different, but it's though, different. Though, yeah. That's what cricket's easier though. The way it's umpired, it's a bit more definitive. Put it that way. The only subjective stuff is like if half the ball hits the stump, where usually they can use maths to kind of calculate it. Where with soccer, because there's so many moving parts. It, I think that's the difference. It's the calculating speed of the ball. When is the actual impact of the pass? You know what I mean? Like, where, when do you actually? What part of the body's offside? Say, what part of the body's onside? Because yeah, a lot of the time you see so many more moving. You parts. see the offside, and you're like, you want to know what is off? Is his arm? And it's like that's not a goal scoring body part. If it hits his arm, it's handball. So you have to take it from where the top of his shoulder is, and then they're trying to line up this line. And it was happening with the Chelsea goal that was disallowed. They're trying to line up the line with the top of the shoulder. I'm like, how can you tell me exactly the moment where handball stops and the line should be drawn? If you're doing that and splitting hairs like that, I believe it's hard to implement. Like with cricket, they have umpires call. It's hard to implement with linesmen, umpires call offside. Yeah. Um, look, I was much happier when there was worlds where we could come on the podcast and go, how in the world did Howard Webb give a penalty for Man United this week? Right? Instead, we're getting worlds of VAR this, VAR that. And I would have much rather yeah, the human error element than I do with the VAR, you know, that goes on. I've seen a lot worse this season um, with VAR decisions than that one there, though. Uh, we'll say that. Um, Mane, Everton, anybody? But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen you plenty. Could, you could round off, um, you could round off 50. You could, you could round up yeah, exactly. million, I reckon, yeah. But the issue is, like, when you think about the Premier League versus other leagues around the world, so I always use the A-League as an example. I think... From what I watch, I, the A League actually officiate VAR yeah, probably the from best. From what I've seen, they do it honest. better than Europe. Um, which, yeah, which you know that that is testament to the level of refereeing that we have in Australia, that they're confident enough to make the right decision, or they have a clear understanding of what clear and obvious error is. Because if there's doubt, they don't go with the other decision. And I think I th- there's just there's almost a preconceived idea, and I don't know where it's coming from, but it's almost like the referees are either not confident enough to stand by their original decision or they're too heavily influenced that if it's got to this point then I might as well just change my mind like there's not I a feel that idea of there's not an idea of I can still be right or I can not be sure so if I don't think it's really a penalty I won't give it off I the offside ones are different because the referee doesn't get a say in that, but it's more those those fouls. I, it, I for me, like it's the big ones, the handball one. When a referee makes a gut instinct that that's like, you know, what it's pulled ahead, it's natural position, and then you see it in slow-mo and it's unnatural. Or a red card incident that they've deemed yellow and then you swallow it down in slow-mo and you see the studs are a bit higher, all that sort of stuff. I think you, you've lost the aspect of the referee refereeing the game. 
and it's now become what does a replay show you? You know, if the referee's got the feel of the game, the game's a bit heated, tackles are flying in, but at the same stage, it's making a good contest. You don't want to send someone off, and a reckless tackle goes in, you book him a yellow because you can find it's used to give it a yellow. That's mere management, right? Instead, now in the, with VAR, VAR would call you over, you look at 10 million replays, and of course, there's going to be that one angle that's going to go, well, that's a red. I'm trying to remember in the Chelsea game, West Ham game, who got sent off. But like... Uh, the West Ham player cleared the ball, and I can't remember who it was uh, now. Dawson, and we talked about it on the podcast. Dawson, and there's one, there's one camera angle that's really, 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 really slow. And after he's cleared it, he's caught the guy knee high, the Chelsea player, and it was sent off. I think if a referee saw that and made his own decision, his original decision of yellow should have stood. But because referees, I think, are now influenced that because VAR's there and they're VAR in their ears telling him, "Hey, have a look at this," they perceive they're wrong. I would love referees to come out and go, unless it's 100% obvious, I'm sticking by my original decision. I think that would make things a lot better with VAR. Well, that's what it's meant to be. That's the frustrating thing. That's what it was brought in for. But anyway, we, we could talk about this for, for hours. Yeah, we could, but, but there's no point. It's just, it's meant to be clear and obvious. If it's not clear and obvious, continue with the decision that was on the field. I don't understand my problem, what's my, so hard my about My problem it. is then, what do you do with offside? Because offside is clear and obvious. If you're offside by 0.001 millimetre, you're offside. But that's how they're officiating, yeah. though. That's the thing. So by the, by the way they've brought the technology in, they're officiating it well. Unless, unless they want to overrule it, then go for it, which I think it should be. But, you know, for this season, it's like the... Oh, what's the other rule? Is it the... Um, the off, it's a part of the offside rule, but there's one thing about like player involvement that's changing for next season, I think. There's some rule that's changing next year, and then there's all this controversy about, oh, if, it's, if it was next season, well, we're not in next season. We're dealing with the rules that we've we got. We can barely currently. do with those. So for me, the amount of tiny offsides we've caught this year, whatever. Yeah. Like, if they're going to say it's offside, there, I know there was one, was it against Villa, Aston Villa, Bobby, was like... The lines look like from where they drew it was so dumb. Oh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Line. Yeah, where they drew the line, he wasn't even yeah. near or near where the line was, and that's where they're trying to say that he's yeah. like. And they called him offside. Yeah. That was right on yeah. half time. Was the last kick of the half. Yeah, yeah, and that one there, I was like, oh, I don't like that. Like they've they've made like Vars made a mistake which cost a goal. But anyway, that might be a bit biased. But anyway, I reckon that's a good roundup of. Leicester, the best. The best thing is, I think Dom mentioned it for the yeah. owners. What they've um, been through, massive. And what that's it. Yeah, what Just, they've been through, and what they've done for the city. I think well. Leicester City have the best owners in the EPL. I was about to say you compare them to some of the other owners, the big yeah. clubs, quote unquote big clubs. Arsenal. They actually. Yeah. Love by their, the way, Arsenal. They're they love Arsenal rejected three billion, by the way, for their club. Right, Just I, I said they wouldn't sell it. No, there's no need for them to sell it. We spoke about it the other they week. They don't care about the club. Oh. No, they don't. Yeah, there's. It's it makes you think Leicester but have the best owners in the APL. 100%. They've actually gone out and set out a goal to achieve something, and they've achieved it. They got the best owners in the APL. Big, big time. time. Yeah, I agree. So, but you know, they're showing that you can invest in the team, and then it turns. It's just the Arsenal mentality is so dumb. It's almost like sorry, I don't want to harp on about it because it's actually going to be a, a, some positive stuff about Arsenal this episode too, but. Their mentality is, I want to put in as little equity as possible for as big a return. Where these guys have shown, no, put a bit of investment in. That's and then that's down to his dad. I can't, I can't pronounce the surname. No, but no. who? Arsenal no, owner or no the Leicester yeah. owner? Because uh, um, yeah, I'm not going to try. Yeah, Ayawat, the the son, 
He was celebrating on the pitch. His dad in was it Vichawi? Vichawi? Vichawi. He came in and his whole goal at Leicester was, I'm going to build a team that's going to win the Premier League, right? And then when they won the Premier League, he came in and said, it's not the way I was envisioning of winning the Premier League, but it was how we won it. Great. I want to build a team and get a manager in that is going to win me cups and leagues and everything beyond, right? And until his passing, he was on that track. And then his, his son has come in and gone and said, right, that's what dad wanted. I'm going to do the same. And they haven't deterred from that path. It's just all been about, I'm the chairman, but I'm a supporter of the football club. I'm with you on this journey. I'll back you, Brendan. I'll back the players. I'll be involved every single day if I have to. And we'll get there. And in the end, I think for the whole story, I'm so glad Leicester won it. I'm sorry, Dom, but oh, no. I am very happy Leicester won no. it. Um, that's a team. I do want it's to point team. out something for Chelsea. It's a team you I don't can. mind losing to. Exactly. Um, I don't think this is an overly bad thing for Chelsea losing this final. Hear me out. Obviously, they would have rather won it. But they didn't play their best and they kept the game tight against a decent Leicester side. Which means if they don't play their best in the UCL final, they're still going to keep it tight against City, I think. And also, losing a final like that so close to another bigger final... Yeah, makes them... It would give them that taste of, oh, well, we just had defeat in a final. It's pretty depressing. I don't want that again. They might go out there and absolutely put the performance of their lives against City. And I, that might not be a best thing in disguise. You learn from the it. FA Cup, but they might win the Champions League now. You win or you learn. It's also interesting for the league as well. So you you either go. win or you learn, and hopefully they learn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's massive for the league because you've got a four-day turnaround. You play the same team again. They play each other. So, <laughs> exactly. And then that game actually has a lot of significance for Chelsea too. So... You know, do you learn from your mistakes from the weekend? Do you go in your shell a little bit? There's a lot to unfold. So I think that's probably a good segue into what's happened this week. in the Premier League sort of in the last week because it's been mental oh, again. So obviously with fixture rearrangement and all the rest of it, there's been midweek games um, and then the games of the weekend. So just some notable results. I think West Ham have probably shot themselves in the foot um, with two well, sorry did they have two draws yes I believe so they, they, they drew with Everton and they drew Brighton. with um, yeah, Brighton, Brighton. Um, so they've kind yeah. of just, no Brighton actually no they lost sorry I think they lost to Everton and drew with yeah, Brighton yeah they drew Brighton lost one nil to Everton um, so they've kind of written themselves out of that run in for the Champions League uh, Arsenal did us a favour after Leicester didn't do us a favour so it was like on the last podcast we were talking about chasing Leicester and now we're talking about chasing Chelsea uh, so we'll get into the Man United Leicester game in a minute but um, I was pretty I was actually really upset uh, after that game because of the circumstances around that game as well uh, but then for you know 24 hours later for Arsenal to somehow almost repay my faith in them from the last couple of weeks um, and go, go out and manage to get a 1-0 win over Chelsea uh, to sort of flip the switch um, for the Champions League running. So, where do we start? Do we we've start got to go in order, I think, for this. Leicester, Man United. Yeah, we've got to, we'll I, go I think we have here. to because it just kind of tells the story of how this has been this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest disgrace uh, what Man United have done, actually. Although, look, um, I, I think. That's, I understand. There's no I, hiding I understand it. why they've done it and I get it. But not to that degree, though. Three debuts, yeah. kids that have never played together. That's bullshit, yeah, honestly. I, I, I'm not going to defend him because it's Man United and I don't want to defend him. But I, I get it. Because if... Look, you're not going to probably catch City. City aren't going to lose every game to the end of the season. 
and you're not going to win every game. And if you do, City's still going to get enough points anyway to beat you, right? So I understand that they have to win to keep the title fight going. I get that. I just think it's now at a stage. It's not even that; it's momentum. I think it's just at a stage they've that they've got all their momentum. They, they've got nothing to play for in that game, um, unless you honestly believe that you're going to catch City, which I don't think they did. I would, I would. I don't even think it's about that. I would, if well, I was, I would, if I was Jurgen, knowing that I had to play United and I could beat United in three days' time to make sure they didn't get Champions League. Yet it meant conceding the league in a very unrealistic position where you're probably not going to win the league anyway. I would have played Ben Woodburn and. I uh, would have played Curtis Jones as captain. And I would have not when you've got the Europa League around the corner. Uh, that's the that's the thing for me. I I I, I get it. Don't risk I it. get what United did. I just think it's more funny because United then didn't beat us with a full strength side. Well, it blew up in it their did. face, and then it makes then it makes you think. Well, you may as well have played your best side against Leicester one, and maybe you would have done something against us because the game would have mattered more. But anyway, I've got yeah. more notes about the Liverpool Man United game than I do the Leicester United game. Um, look, United rotating is pretty predictable. Dom, you predicted that on the last podcast. Yeah. And he actually predicted that Leicester would win because of that. So, shout out to Dom. Well done, Dom. Pat yourself on the back. Thanks, mate. Uh, but, um, yeah, look. United's lineup was, yeah, it was... It's actually laughable. It was... When I saw it... It was dreadful. When I saw it, I was like, well, Leicester win this one. Their, their odds shot up, like... They, they were very close on odds, and then all of a sudden United went out to like six dollars when the lineup came out. And United arguably should have won the game too. They had that chance. I thought they chance. were the better side, big time. And that's where the debate comes in because it's like you have some guys in there that have played a bit more football this year. They probably end up winning it. And like I know it's not about winning the league because they were never going to win the league. But for me, it's like you you got one. I, I know the Europa League final doesn't mean anything in terms of Champions League but Oli it's the same thing as Brendan Oli needs it and it's like why have he now put this at risk when you've got so many games like I'm not saying he shouldn't rotate the team at all because he's got three games in five six days whatever it is but there's a way to rotate there's I just felt like he's like everyone except for Greenwood gets a break really you don't need to do that you could probably rest six or seven yeah and then against Liverpool, rest the other four. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know. I just, th- I just thought he could have done it a better way. I agree, but then anyway, helps look, us. In the end, Leicester won. Well, not really, but yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they didn't want to help Liverpool. Well, that's why I think they did Thinking it. I honestly, that, yeah. do think that they did that to give to go without, you know. That Leicester... They didn't expect Arsenal to yeah. win. That's probably what it yeah, was. Yeah, and that's why I was saying if I was Jürgen, <laughs> would have done the same thing knowing Jürgen. that if I lose to Leicester today, right, if I was Liverpool, if I lose to Leicester today and Chelsea win next week, and, well, two days, sorry, the day after, and then I beat Man United in two days' time, they're not going to make the top four. I would have done the same thing, personally. Jürgen came out and said that he'd do the same thing. Yeah. In a, in a press yeah. So, I don't know, that's just me thinking with a Man United hat on, I guess, and just... Thinking, why would you risk? Well, now they've lost two and two. Whatever. They've lost their last two, haven't they? And yeah. then they've lost got, and then they've got the final day, two games left of the season. Yeah. And then a champion in any Europa League final. final. Imagine if they lost the next two games in the league. I mean, they've got Fulham and Wolves. They shouldn't lose, but imagine if they went and drew and drew, for instance. Yeah, then all of a sudden, bad. you haven't won in four, you go into a final. Villarreal, get, get you, you know... Get the sting up on the right oh, day. Telling you, Villarreal for that exactly. Europa League final is. That's where I sit with it. So anyway, that's yeah, that's that done. All right, 
That's that because I watched the Arsenal. I watched the Arsenal, Arsenal game because that was an early kickoff. I had work uh, seven o'clock in the morning, so I got up and watched this game. And I'm just going to put it out there before Dom probably will agree. Arsenal got very lucky. Yeah, yeah. They did what they needed to do. They set up. What did you What did you make of this game? Early, uh, so what did you make of this game, Dom? It's hard to say they didn't deserve it without sounding biased, but we gave them the goal. Yeah, oh, that was a horrible back pass. Yeah, they did what they needed to do. Yeah. It wasn't pretty, but I, I actually will give some credit to Arteta. He's gone, we're not going to get a result here playing the way we play, so let's just go mirror Chelsea and see if we can do something. Obviously, it's not the way we would have planned to win, but sometimes when you're not the better team, you just got to take your chance. They did. And get a bit and of luck. They, they can so, still scrape into the you know, Europa spot. They could too. They could. It's a massive one. We'll talk about that, I think, a bit later. It was one of the questions, wasn't it? Yeah, we might as well just cover yeah, it Yeah, as well. This is a um, question from Thomas. Yeah. There's sort of two questions I think sort of floating through about the, the conference league. So Russo's got the main one and I think Shadow wanted to hear about it as well. Yeah. Um read it out. Uh, the question I'll read the question now. So um I think I've got two questions here about the conference. So the first question is with the win over Chelsea putting Arsenal within touching distance of seventh place, finish and maybe you way for conference league football, is that ultimately a good thing? Or a bad thing for the club. So I think we mentioned this last week. Think Dom, you're of the opinion that they shouldn't, they should have the year out of 100%. European football. I think I said that they should be in European football, and I think it's just one of those ones where you just want to keep the expectation there. It's, it's um, weird because we don't know what the Conference League is going to be like. Yeah, it's it's. I think if you're Arsenal, you'd welcome it, but at the same time, it could be an added distraction that you Bit don't embarrassing need. As yeah, well. and I personally think that if it helps get rid of Cronky, I think that's what I said last week. If it helps get rid of Cronky, then, then you don't. You'd be better then, off not. Yeah, being exactly. Uh, I think a lot of that rides on what the club wants and where the club is, and if Ek comes in with a another bid um, for the club, that if it gets accepted. Um, I think if they go to the Conference League and it isn't as what they expect, just play the kids and see how the kids go. But I don't know if Arsenal will do that. And That's what they normally do in the Europa League group stage and then they play the main team. Uh, knockout stage. I don't know. So it's good exposure. That's where Saka got his start this year. That's where Martinelli got his start last year. So, look. There might be a kid or two. You use it as yeah. an opportunity. So, I think... I like it. I think if you're a bigger club that gets into this Conference League, it's a good thing for you to play the kids in. Do I think it's a good thing for the clubs outside of the big leads to be in the Conference League? Probably not, because if you get one of these big clubs and you're a little Bulgarian side that's got into the Conference League... No, that's good for them. Uh, that is good for them. Good for exposure. Crowds look like they're coming back. Good money maker, good TV money. So that's what this is for. This is for those little teams that can't generate that money. And they they rely on the big teams being in this conference because... I guess so. I, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it more about them going there, not putting up a fight, getting spanked. But money-wise, it's good. Nah, it's not about that, man. It's all about more games, more yeah. money. This has got nothing to do with and, competition and, and progressing as a club. Yeah, that's true. This is going to be the teams that finish third in their Europa League group. <laughs> you know, like if you go look at the groups this year, they ain't good teams. That are finishing third. Yeah. There's not many good teams that start in the Europa League. When you look at the knockout stage, where are they all coming yeah. from, mostly. Yeah. It's all teams that get knocked out of the Champions League. So the conference is just UEFA's way of saying, we want double the goal, triple, 
an extra 33% of the games on. They're going to be played at the exact same time as Europa League because they can't fit them in anywhere. And it's just more more TV money, more games, nah, more tickets. That was smart. They should play them on a Monday so night. They can't. Just play them on a Monday night. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard logistically. <laughs> Could you, but could anyway, you imagine? So that's my view on the Conference League anyway. I just think it's a money-making scheme for you. I think so anyway. too. So <laughs> let's move forward now to Liverpool and Man United. So massive, massive game, which for me actually took a few interesting turns. This, it was um, a lots of chances weird early. game, this, wasn't it, Paul? You watched it with me. Yeah. This was a yeah. weird oh, game. I caught up with it eventually. <laughs> I watched this game and I was... Look, oh... You want to know, it was... I feel for Nat Phillips, because that would have been... He could have really gone in his shell yeah. after that deflection. Yeah, I know. Um, and he's really impressed me this year. So for people that haven't watched Liverpool and think it's a bit of a meme, it's a meme because he's actually been, good. been really yeah, good. Yeah, that's the meme. <laughs> so with no Quebec now as well for he's the rest gone. of the season, it's it's like, what is going on? And we're relying on Reese Williams and Nat and Phillips for these last two It's a games. blessing in disguise, Paul, because he's playing for Binio and oh Thiago in the middle of the park where you're not losing. I know, that's what we talked about. So, you know, and that could have been a real turning point for him. It, look, it could. To be honest. Look, look, all I'm going to say is that this game went one direction, then the next, then the next, and back again. It was ridiculous. Um... At nil yeah. nil, United United big. started the better of the two teams. Then they scored, and as soon as they scored, it looked like United just became disinterested. It was like, well, now what? Do we have to play another seventy minutes, or you know, whatever? It, it kind of looked like someone just went and flicked the switch, and United just turned off like a machine, and they just went, Nyeh. and then all of a sudden yeah. we dominated. Um, and then we got made to rue the chance. The second half, we should have put the game in the bed. We should have Yoda should have scored instead of hit the post. Four one up. Trent got one on the break, which uh, someone backheeled it back to him. That it was a better backheel. Trent would have been able to run in and score instead. He had to hit it with his left, and um, all of a sudden, you're like, you know, at three one, just put the game to bed. Um, and then down the other end with their first shot in the second half, Rashford scored. And then from that moment on, Man United came back to life, and we were up against the up against it for ages until Salah scored and. You know, the 90th minute and I screamed the house down and yeah, knee slid down the hallway and all those sort of stuff. And yeah, there you are. It was, that was a weird game. Look, for the neutrals, that is the best Northwest derby in a very long time. There was actually goals. Yeah, it's been a real boring it, derby. For a long while. The last few you, years. You've got to go back to when Carragher, Gerard, Ferdinand. Oh, no. no, last year, last year at home, well, it was like, it was what, 2 0. But. He took that Salah late goal when Allison just goes. Yeah, but that, that's picks that's him out. yeah, but we're talking about that's a moment I know, but that was a big yeah. Like, but that game though was it was big big, though, big game. But I'm like I'm more thinking about for a neutral. When have you seen a oh, proper yeah. like Northwest derby? End yeah, to end. end to end tackles flying in, people getting up for it. Yeah. Once United's made it three two, that game was on, and like no one wanted to yeah, lose that yeah. game. I think you have to go back to when Gerard used to try and grab Liverpool and bring him over the scrap. You know, over the over the line by the scrap of the neck, Carragher flying in, Rio Ferdinand putting body on the line, Vidic at the back, you know. You've got to go back to that sort of era to have a good Northwest derby where you knew that, look, someone's going to leave their mark on this game. Is it going to be a red? Is it going to be a great goal? Is it going to be a moment of brilliance? Is it going to be a mistake? Where now it's just kind of gone into, right, Liverpool are going to come and attack and United are going to come and sit and defend and nullify and 
you know, maybe look to hit us on the break. And I think there was a game, that 2 0 game that you spoke about. United did nothing for 75 minutes. Then from the 75th minute to the 90th, they probably deserved to win. Yeah. Right? Because they just sat there and yeah. absorbed and then had a few chances on the break. And then we scored late. But um, not like the Northwest Derby's at all, was what I was saying. This was a bit more like the old Northwest Derby's that you get. Um, but yeah, look, weird game. Liverpool's first win at Old Trafford in seven years, second in 17 Club's seasons. first one. Pardon? Yeah, Klopp's first one at Old yeah. Trafford as well, which is big. Um, most goals in the Northwest Derby since 1962 as well. That's massive. Yeah, Jesus. so been a long while since we've had. Nah, surely not. We beat. Well, how many goals? Six. Was six yeah, four yeah, one was the last biggest. Uh, and that I was against Fabio Radio. Yeah. yeah, four two biggest since 1962. Um, but yeah, look, I, yeah, I'm very right. glad we won. That's the ter- uh, that was. For me, when after I won that game, I'm like, that's a turning point. We're going to go beat West Brom easy. Yeah, same with me. And we're going to go run and run and win four from four now, and we're on. Little did we. Let's talk about West little Brom. Did we, little, little did we know I was so wrong. Um, oh, my God. This game. Oh, my. I had flashbacks. I had flashbacks to the game earlier in the season, especially. Um, so I woke up to um, being half asleep this morning. So for those that are questioning, we're recording the day of. Well, technically the day after, I guess, if you're in England. But for us, it's the night the night of the game that was. Played at 4 30 this, this morning. And I woke up, looked at my phone, didn't see anything, looked at the score, saw Allison 95th minute and just assumed he got a red card. <laughs> and then I had to look twice to see that it had a little soccer ball next to his name. And I thought, is it an own goal? And then I actually fully woke up and jumped out of bed at 6.30 this morning. So um, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but that header... Looks like a prime Ronaldo playing for Inter Milan. Like that, that is, is textbook. Well, I was, uh, textbook. I was at coaching today with the boys that I coach with. They're all school kids, right? And we were all saying that that is as good as a header you're going to see, because you have Nat yeah. Phillips that runs across him trying to header it, and he doesn't lose sight of it, and he meets it perfectly and glances it far. It's like he knew exactly what he was doing, in. and then he came out and said he's never practiced or whatever. You want to know where he's learned that? On the streets of Brazil, kicking a ball, playing keepy-ups or whatever, you know, that they do there in the Jenga and all that sort of stuff. That's where he's learnt that. He just does it. It's because he's Brazilian. An English goalkeeper ain't scoring that. No. 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 Because he's Brazilian and it's a South American thing, it's a great story. I love the story behind the fact that Alisson has scored this and everything he's gone through. But I'm just going to focus on the goal itself. It is absolutely unreal. Now, watching this game, should we have had to be in this position? No. no oh, we dominated. Story of your season, we bro. dominated. We had so many chances. Oh, we dominated. And then Sam Allardyce said, Liverpool got lucky. And I was like, big of big course. Sam, go be quiet. <laughs> yes, he had a goal dislouched offside that I personally believe should have, should have stood. But, oh well. Right? Um, but yeah, I, 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 look... All I'm going to tell you what happened was this. I put my alarm on at one to watch it. I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep and I woke back up. And it was the 40th minute. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make a coffee at halftime and watch the second half. And for the whole second half, all I was saying, we're going to concede. We're going to lose this game. And then when the offside goal went in, I couldn't believe it was called back and was offside. And most of the linesman had a mare. Linesman just put his flag up like the old days that are letting it run. He just put his flag up. Um, and because of that VAR, because he put his flag up in the first page of passage, VAR can't do nothing about it. Thank you very much, linesman. Absolute horror mistake. If you haven't watched it, 
The reason why I can't overturn it because they can say, well, the lines will be flag up for the guy standing on Allison, yeah. and maybe Allison decided or whatever. Told to put it yeah, down. but that's why he's told to put it down, it down because really he's not interfering. Allison's never getting to it. The guy who put it in is on side by a million meters. But yeah, right. And then Damien standing up out of bed, Liverpool top on, walking up and down the house, and just going, "Come on, give me a moment." And I'm going to say it, and I know that I'm not the only person that said it. When I saw Allison come up, I was like, "That's top four done." <laughs> oh, we're out. And when the moment Allison scored, I got a big telling off. And I did not care. That was worth every bit of vocal lung screaming I ever had at 4.30 in the morning. I think I screamed more than when Genie went out and scored against Bar- Barcelona. It was unreal. But, um, yeah, look, first goalkeeper in Liverpool's history to score. Um, first goalkeeper in the Premier League era to score a winner. Not the score, but to score a winner. Um, and it's a sick, yeah, it's just because of the situation yeah, and that's a sick, really comes up. Yeah, and that's a sick like, EPL goalkeeper to score. You've got to remember, mostly goalkeepers go up to try and level a game. Um, how yeah. often is it a goalkeeper going up to try and win a game to keep your side to go in? He was the first keeper to ever score a header too. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. So I don't know if you guys saw it, but Optus Sport like, put a video they're up all, today they're all, just about the six yeah. goals. They're all like scrappy. Actually, Peter Schmeichel's is a nice one. Yeah. But... Um, um, the other few are like a few shitty volleys like inside Howard the six-yard box. box or, yeah, and there was two. It was yeah, Paul Robertson and, and Howard. And both. Robertson as well. The one at Britannia at Stoke, there was that much wind that the net was nearly Begovic. blowing off the the net down the other end and the ball just carried <laughs> it all the way in. such a Stoke thing. And Howard, yeah, Howard came out and said it was a horrible goal to score because the wind just Big picked goat. it up and took it. Uh, that was, there were two different goals. Yeah, I'm saying the Britannia's Asmir Begovic. Yeah, Begovic is one. The wind nearly took the net off the ball. The the, the, the oh, net was sorry. like coming off the floor. It was that windy in the first thirty seconds of that match? It was ridiculous. Howard's at Goodison. Um, and yeah. then um, Howard's was at Goodison where he kicked Goodison. it, and he reckons yeah. as he kicked it, the wind just picked up and the ball just went. Yeah, he's actually. I don't know if you, have you seen that recently, the Howard one. I saw it this morning. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I didn't actually realize. I know we're on a bit of a tangent here, but I didn't realize how much. Acceleration that ball picked up after it hit the ground. Yeah, like, because it, the wind picks it up yeah, again. Yeah, it, it like, bounced. It's crazy. It bounced, and because it bounced, it was a bit wet. It bounced, and as it skidded up, it skidded as it skidded up, wind. the wind just picked it and lifted it. And Howard, I think, yeah. I remember Howard speaking about it. I was, I was a horrible goal to score because as soon as it bounced, I went, "Oh, that's going in," because it was just one of those yeah. things where it's just like, "Thank you very much," and yeah. So I think the the big thing to take away from today is what does this mean oh. now? That's the big talking. What point. it means so is Liverpool, it's in their hands. No, it's not. Not technically no. in our hands just yet. We're relying on one result. So uh, that's why I, do, I don't like everyone talking about it being in our hands. Well, so it, technically, it, it is. The reason it seems like it, it's technically not in our hands because if Chelsea go and win, it makes it a lot harder because. We're three points. Like, that's the only the only way it's not in our hands is if Chelsea beat Leicester. Yeah, it comes down to goal so, difference because then if Leicester win and we win, it's going to be both. Exactly. So points, if Chelsea win one nil, yeah. if Chelsea win one nil, we're only got plus one goal on Leicester. Well, still, for so, me, that's still in my hands. You just got to outscore Leicester over two games and win. That's not in your hands though. Technically, is it? it technically, it isn't. It isn't. Isn't it? It's no, a bit weird. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> So, like for me, I'll just I'll just speak quickly and then I'll hand over to Dom just to get his thoughts on these next few fixtures. Yeah. 
I think best case scenario for us is Chelsea Leicester draw. Yeah, so do I. Then it's then in it, our hands. Then it doesn't matter. We're so, going to beat one or the other. Then. Yeah. So Dom, what are your thoughts? I've got the fixtures on the run sheet to have a look at. This is going to be crazy. I've got Liverpool's fixtures. I've got Chelsea's and I've got Leicester. So I've got them in reverse order. I've got them from us being fifth, fourth, and third. Yeah. Where does this go? Like, how do how do you pick third, fourth? You fifth, don't. You can't. Here? <laughs> We've done this for the last two weeks. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. Don't put a, a fixture. Let's go. So, what's the situation probably going to look like at the end of this match? I'll go. Maybe? We'll do that. Now, I think Chelsea beats Leicester. Liverpool jumps Leicester. So you reckon going into? <clears throat> pardon me again. That's not yeah. Throat. So you're going into the final match week. It's going to be you guys on 67 and both on 66. Yep. Oh, my God. Your thing is, though, is Leicester play Spurs and we've got Palace. Hey, you know, what's, Palace, you know what the man. funny thing Anyone is? You go to Burnley this week. Yeah, that's hard. It's a different Burnley, though. It's a different Burnley. I hate Burnley. going to Burnley. Not, yeah, I don't like going to Burnley, but it's Burnley with the two games left and they're not fighting for anything. Like, Sean Dice is going to come out and just be Sean Dice and go, yeah, there's 10 men behind the ball. Thanks for coming. If I'm ever playing Burnley, I want it to be yeah, now. It's probably when, true. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just, they're going to sit there regardless, but they're not going to threaten us, really. Oh, Chris Wood knows how to score. And the way we're playing, though. We're, this is the best form we've had all year, in my Chris opinion. Thiago and Fabinho like, are playing the best. the park. Exactly, I know. With one oh. out, who I thought... Oh. We should keep Same it, Genie. Don't That's worry. Anyhow, Dom, you beat Leicester, you reckon? I think, yeah. 1-0. I can't believe it's going to be another Tuesday special. Like, this this game happens to, tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. if this game's a draw... This game is going to be a I draw. Mean, if Leicester, I'm predicting that. If Leicester win, it's just everyone's playing for fourth. We're playing for fourth. If it's a... Oh, I just... I see a draw written this all over this game. I don't know why... It's Wednesday morning at 4.45. Oh, sorry. I thought it was tomorrow. That's all right. I just see a draw written all over it. I can't... Uh, maybe that's my heart telling me, just get the draw. Because for us, it's draw or Leicester win. I think that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario for us is Leicester that Chelsea chance. win, but I think that's the more likely. But if we win... I actually don't yeah, like if, this situation win, at all. And we win by 2-3-0, that's good for you. Yeah, that is, hurt, because of goal hurt, difference. Even one new hurts their goal difference. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, mind it. The other thing is, this situation really hurts me, because if everything happened the way that I said last week, and if Man United did what they were meant to do, and you <laughs> yeah. did what you were meant to do, Dom, yeah. against Arsenal, then I wouldn't care about you guys. But the issue is, I, I, I see us almost being a Spurs because no one's talking about this. If Chelsea drop out and then go and beat City in the final, then this is all for nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. Then we're going to get replaced anyway. So it's like, I would have much rather Chelsea being that team locked in third with City for the Champions League than I don't care about that result. But now I have to go for City in the Champions League because I want us to qualify for it next season. So uh, this has been... I just wish the relegation battle was still happening like imagine going into the because what with four games to go we knew he was getting relegated yeah I, know. I wish it was going down to the final day love a, re- I love got, a relegation like a two or three scrap. team race yeah and with with the top four race I think that would have been would've awesome been but obviously we, we haven't had it I don't think we've had a run in for Europe like this for a no, long time we haven't 
I feel like the top four. Ah, so what are we? Yeah, what are we predicting? Well. We're predicting. I said mine. Well, are we going to predict? Are we going to pre- oh, okay? Let's go in order. We're we predicting Liverpool to win. We're going to go in order and run sheet. We're going to predict the Liverpool to win against Burnley. Yeah. All right. So li- win for Liverpool against Burnley. That puts us on what? 60, Six. 66 points, right? So Leicester, Chelsea. We're, what? Dom predicts Chelsea win. Paul reckons it's going to be a draw. Netflix. I think we're both speaking about that. I think Chelsea hearts. are going to win 1 0. That's Chelsea on 67. Six. Leicester on 66. 67 points because Chelsea but win. You, you would jump Leicester. And Leicester go. Yes, we will jump Leicester on goal. Yes, difference. and Leicester go to 66. Oh my god, Palace. Oh, I see Ben scoring oh against god. us. I can just envision it. Don't give me that nightmare. I haven't thought of that. And because we went and smacked them seven oh, one, whatever it was. Don't at, give me at that. Oh, you can't say Ben Teke is gonna <laughs> do it. That's gonna what I'm gonna try and sleep for tonight. I'm just gonna dream of Christian Ben Teke and the Klopp head scoring. scoring. A kick. And then we're scoring gonna a park, kick like and then we're gonna park the bus and run the field when they win one nil. <laughs> you know the other thing no one's talking about? Apparently it's gonna be Roy's last game. Yeah, as well. apparently so Frank Lampard is apparently oh, odds on to get no. covers. Oh my God, I'm, I'm, Roy, look, Roy you want to know what you want to know what I'm going to say? You know what you, oh. know, you want to know what I'm going to say is going to happen? Those that's going to happen. Gonna win. No, Burnley are going to we're going to beat Burnley. Leicester, uh, Chelsea going to beat Leicester. We're going to go to the final day. Burnley 66. Uh, we're, oh, sorry, we're on 66. Uh, Liverpool and Leicester and Chelsea on 67. We're going to lose to Palace and Spurs are going to score 97th minute to make Leicester lose and we'll go up on goal difference. Watch. Imagine it's Gareth Bale to score the winner against Le- against Leicester, <laughs> who's done nothing all the year. It's got, it's, this season's been that crazy. Liverpool and Leicester are going to lose on the final day. Oh, no, I think... Because, again, Palace aren't playing for... Uh, other than playing for Roy, they're not playing for anything, so... Alright. Oh, Alright, look. Let's get to that let's get to that next week when <laughs> who knows, buddy Leeds could be in the Champions League hunt <laughs> next week, we not in our Well yeah, Leeds too far back. Even in mathematics okay, I was gonna say don't do that to me. The mathemat- I was gonna no say no one mathematically cares. No, no. I think Tottenham's been a team just quietly that has just sort of come out from nowhere. I mean they're sitting sixth. I mean they're four points behind us. Technically but, speaking, they can make Champions League. No, like, uh, no, I don't know. Let me look at him. No, nah, they need they need less they need Leicester to win against Chelsea. And they need us to lose us we to need lose. us to lose both games. I think Chelsea lose both games and they need to win both games and they'll get the sixty six points. Which is Villa and Leicester. Yeah. So it's doable. Yeah. But Alright, I think that's enough envisioning Benteke and Roy Hudson celebrating it Oh my god, could you imagine? Ravel in the Wait, if that game, happens, so. everyone blame Paul. You're allowed to send hate mail. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so we do have a big question here that I do want to yes. get into now as well. So this is from... Actually, we've got two questions. We've got one more from Russo that's come in tonight whilst we've been recording. Have we? Oh, put it in. We kind of touched on it, but we could probably explore it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, do it. Russo so, put it in during the podcast. I don't mind answering. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So that's why, I've, that's why I started answering it and then I sort of stopped. Um, is the Conference League going to be a good thing in the long run? So, I think for exposure for players, it will be. So I think it allows more kids to play, yeah. Of, yeah, it gives players of smaller teams the opportunity to, to play. But I think, as I sort of said earlier, it's just 
an opportunity for UEFA to have more games, more money, money grab. try and guarantee some of these big teams opportunities to still pull in that market. So, Dom, what do you money reckon? Money grab, 100% of money grab. Yeah. I Dane. think it's a money grab. I think for the lesser teams, it's good because they can get exposure and a bit more money as well. But it's just UEFA going, well, more games of football, more revenue. And look, this, it doesn't this is all linked to like ESL to and everything like that. This is all got to do with it. So, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that it's coming to fruition now when they've probably had the biggest hit to their pocket in the last year as well. So they've really yeah. pushed it through this year. Uh, with COVID, I think they've sort of got to a point where they can still facilitate football, whether it's with or without fans, but they're still going to try and recover some of that money that they lost, you know, through no fans, so what's one way we can do it? Let's have more games, more television money without fans and try and sort of cover their loss, so that's where I see it I don't know, long term, it'll be around because they can't just bring it in and get rid of it after a few years, so Look, more football, I'm not complaining. More opportunities to watch football. Um, as you said, I would have liked it to not be on the same night as Europa League because for us, it's a Friday morning. Like It's, it's hard for us to watch time. anyway. No, no, one's, I don't no know one's going to watch it. Put it. I don't know how much... No one's going to watch yeah, it. Go Unless your team's playing, no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you know, fighting to I didn't, watch. I didn't think I woke up... Dynamo Zagreb and I didn't watch, Ludogorets a, well, I didn't watch a single Europa League game this year nah I actually haven't watched any like live or I've only really watched the semi-finals back because we were talking about them other than that I have I haven't I've watched it plenty and I just don't have time like, when I'm on holidays I'll watch it but when I don't uh, but work, I, I go to work early in the morning so when I'm getting ready I put the game on and watch whatever game is like the featured game of the day so but Alright, we'll move from the Conference League because I don't want to ever have to think that we're going to have to watch it as support. I won't be so Leave that for the Arsenal fans. <laughs> and if you were Thomas Tuchel, what do we do with Tammy Abraham, boys? Well, Paul, we're... why don't you just give us a little bit of background about what Tammy's done and everything at Chelsea? Well, probably Dom. Well, Dom, you're the right person to ask. Uh, what do I think he does with it? I think he goes, I think he goes to West Ham. Yeah, shot, I actually. like the shot. Like what has ter- what has Tammy done to be on Tuchel's bad side? He just doesn't fit his system. The big hold up nine. Yeah. It, he yeah, needs need mobile nine. Yeah, because you've got the player. You got your midfielders bombing. I think he'll go into the market yeah. for a nine that fits his system a bit better. But he'll get 30, 40 million for Abraham. Oh, well, he's English. He should. Yeah. He'll go to West Ham. He's not bad, Tammy, and Tammy no, kind yeah. of suits West Ham. I think it's good. Yeah, hundred percent, Tammy at West Ham next season. Paul, would you take Tammy at Liverpool? Nah, no, nah, doesn't nah, fit your system. I'm in the same book as no you. Way. Good. Yeah. So this year, this is this is the, the point why I wouldn't take him. So 22 appearances, 10 off the bench, six goals. Yeah. In a good team as well, and a lot of those appearances were obviously early in the season where Lampard had backed him. And look, last year, 34 games, nine off the bench, 15 goals, and I thought that was a breakout year. His break out and I really did like him in that Lampard system and I thought okay they've got a player here but he's a guy that the team has to kind of be built around him because of his size and his athleticism he he is a unique striker he's not like a striker you can just have in the squad and say go get me a, a job done you can't need, like, a, you can't need a play to him link up yeah. yeah and he relies on that link up and 
He'll be a consistent Premier League player the rest of his career. Score goals, but just not. Yeah, mid West Ham's a perfect fit. They'll be in Europa League. Well, imagine I could see him going back to Villa. He had a good spell at Villa in the Championship. Yeah, could go back to Villa. Got him promoted. Yeah, fair point. I don't know how um, Dean, what's his name, Dean Smith. I haven't really watched them. They play with a three up front, don't they? They play with one striker. Yeah, Yeah, but very mobile, very nippy. He'll go to West Ham. That's a good show. I've Look, not even seen that at all. I hope he does. Yeah, same. I think that would suit him quite well. So, I think, yeah, he is someone with big potential. I don't think he plays for England. That's sort of, if I'm going to put it on that level. Um, but he'll have a good Premier League career. I think so. He'll always be around the Prem. Just hope he doesn't yeah, turn into Andy Carroll. Nah. I think he's got a bit more to him than Andy Carroll does. Yeah. He'll be around, man. Alrighty. So I think for us, the big takeaways this week is just keep your eyes open on the on the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, top four. In other news as well, just a little feel-good story. Adelaide United finally back in the winner's book as well. Yes, finally won um, a game. Not, he snapped it. Not convincingly, but it was enough. Good penalty enough. saved by Good boy. Yeah. So I think that's something we're definitely going to have to look into the next couple of weeks because finals are around the corner. Yeah, we're so. definitely doing A-League finals preview at some stage as well. When yeah. that gets down to and it. And we've got the championship playoffs as well. Um, first legs tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. No, is it tomorrow or yeah. next week? Tomorrow morning. Yeah, tomorrow. So we won't go into depth about them today, but we'll look at the results next week. Yeah, it is. And we'll go from yeah, there. Bournemouth, so. Brentford at 2.30, Barnsley, Swansea. Come on, you bees. Come on, I just want to see the I two B sides get into the final. I just want Brentford. They Brentford, yeah, Barnsley, we'll final, next week. please. That would be amazing. We, we will, we will do different. a we will do a playoff final preview, hundred percent. Just because of the double double. Oh yeah, we've got the double legs, so yeah. we'll split the middle. We'll talk next week, and then we'll do a bit of a preview yeah. of the final. So, boys, Dom, Damo, thank you very very much once again. Do you want to plug what you're doing? No, Dom. Anything like that before we Dom, off? firstly, thank you. Ah, always a pleasure to be here. Hopefully, see you again next Monday. Oh, look, if we need you, we'll let you know. You need me. Everyone loves having you on as well. And look, Dom, thank you very much. And hopefully you do the job. Resident guest. Against Man City. Yeah, he is our resident guest, isn't he? Resident I swear guest, we'll get yeah. more guests on eventually. Yeah, but we'll Dom is our favourite. <laughs> Dom's a resident yeah, guest. He is. Um, look, I'm not going to plug too much. All I'm going to say is happy Alison Becker Day to everybody out there. And may he forever keep for Liverpool Football Club because he's an absolute living legend. I am doing my Liverpool save on Twitch, Dame underscore 23. Go come give us a follow, ask me questions about the podcast. And look, thank you for the support as always. It means a lot. Me and Paul check the numbers. And look, the fact that we're reaching out to people all around the world is fantastic. And hopefully continue to reach out. Go follow us in the Discord. Actually, yeah. We love interacting with all the new people in the Discord as well. And it's gone on tenfold. Ooh, we picked up about like 11 different people in the Discord. I would say one week, thing. So. I've been in the Discord for a week. Great value. It is. It, it, like, and every day we're talking about Premier League. It's not about Premier League. You know, there's something going on about someone streaming or, you know, FIFA, 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 FIFA a lot of FIFA content, even though I haven't, haven't played the game in months and don't really care. Test the game a little now. Yeah, I've gotten back into um, it now. But, yeah, there's so much going on and then there's just, there's a lot going on and our trusty mods run a pretty good Discord. So, without plugging it by, like, going, you must follow the Discord. Highly recommend. It's rec- not a bad place to highly be. Highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. 
So the link for the Discord will be in the description of this episode, much like the others. Uh, what I've got going on, so on all social platforms, poorly 29 I have actually been streaming some FIFA once again, but I did release my first episode of Ascending Atalanta last night, and the reception has been absolutely amazing so far on episode one, which I didn't actually anticipate. So that's over on YouTube. If you do love some foot champs content whilst team of the season is going on, I'll be streaming, not this weekend. So I'll be having a break this weekend because Dom and I are going to be testing our luck at McCracken Golf Club. I was actually Club, there on the weekend, be... lovely golf course, by the way. Yeah, so we'll give a bit of an update on Monday about how oh. our adventure goes um, on the golf course, but... Once again, if you haven't uh, sussed us out on Apple Podcasts and left a review and a comment, make sure you get over there to let us know how we're going. We are also available on all platforms for podcasting. And make sure you do follow or join in the Discord, which is in the description, because there is definitely going to be lots to talk about in this week of football. Thank you guys for listening once again, and we'll see you next week.